This is Podbridge, connecting the Middle East, the United States, and the world. Welcome to Podbridge, the podcast that looks at what is unexpected, overlooked, and significant in the rapidly changing relationship between the Middle East, the United States, and the world. It's something that had never been done before in the history of higher education. In, until this moment, when this university was created, the, even the greatest universities in the world had as their purpose educating the national elite, educating the leaders of the nation. This is the first university in the world that does both that, but also sees as its purpose educating an integrated mutually cooperative uh, leadership for the world. It was a massive task, but the architects not only wanted to do what had never been done, they wanted to make an impact on students from around the world right away. The mandate was deceptively simple. For our part, it was get it done. <laughs> but the second part of our mandate was not so simple, which was get it done in our lifetime, not in 200 years. The result, 10 years ago, was the founding of NYU Abu Dhabi, a world-class research university linking the U.S. and not just the Middle East, but the world, with students from 120 countries and faculty from more than 40. On today's Podbridge, we'll look back on the improbable origin story of this university with some of its architects, a story that starts on the sidewalks of New York and leads via the UAE to every corner of the world. For that story, we go to a recent event commemorating the first 10 years of NYU Abu Dhabi. The event was moderated by UAE Ambassador to the United States, Youssef Al-Oteba. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to a very special NYU Abu Dhabi 10th Talk. My name is Youssef Al-Oteba, and I'm excited to be your host for a discussion about the origins, achievements, and more importantly, the future of NYU Abu Dhabi. The university is celebrating its 10-year anniversary this fall, and I don't think anyone could have anticipated the speed at which NYU Abu Dhabi would evolve into one of the world's top universities. When it was founded 10 years ago, it was an experiment that brought together some of the most visionary leaders in government and in education to create a truly global university. 10 years on, to say that the experiment is a success would be a profound understatement. Today, NYU Abu Dhabi attracts the best and brightest students from around the world. It has assembled a world-class faculty and it's transforming the arts landscape of Abu Dhabi in a way that no one has expected. This remarkable accomplishment is the result of hard work by many, many people, but really the leadership of three of our guests here today. Rima Al-Muqarrab chairs the Board of Tamkeen, an organization tasked with delivering projects that enrich Abu Dhabi's social, cultural, and educational landscape. She's also a member of the NYU Board of Trustees. John Sexton is President Emeritus of New York University and currently serves as CEO of the Catalyst Foundation for, for Universal Education, and he is the godfather of the idea of NYU Abu Dhabi. Marriott Westerman is the Vice Chancellor and Chief Executive of NYU Abu Dhabi. Marriott oversees all academic, administrative, and operational affairs at NYU Abu Dhabi, and also serves on the senior leadership team of NYU in New York. She is a very visible presence in the intellectual and cultural life of Abu Dhabi. Rima John Marriott, Welcome to the 10th Talks, and thanks for being with us today. Rima, if I may, let me start with you. Tell us, what was Abu Dhabi's vision 
for a new university? And how come NYU was the best partner? And how did that selection come about? Well, first, thank you, Yusuf, John, Mariette. It's wonderful to be here with you all. As we're celebrating NYUAD's 10th anniversary, it's just remarkable to reflect on what this partnership has achieved for Abu Dhabi, for NYU, and globally. So let me zoom out for a second. Abu Dhabi and New York are two of the most globalized cities in the world. We're crossroads cities. The whole world travels with us and through us. So because of this, our experiences as well as our challenges don't stay neatly within our borders. So we asked ourselves, how do you educate students for that world? How do you engage with ideas and creativity happening outside of your home country? And one of the things that made NYU the perfect partner was that they were asking the same questions at about the same time, and we were all coming to some very similar conclusions. So for our part in Abu Dhabi, we wanted to create an institution that reflected its environment and all the exciting energy and ideas coming out of UAE. And we wanted a place that would allow the world to engage with the Arab Muslim Middle East deeply with all the richness that that brings, but not to stop there, to also look outward. And of course, we were resolutely focused on academic excellence. But beyond that, we hope to nurture a creative, outward-oriented community that feels a responsibility, not just to one place or one city, but to the world and to the natural environment that we live in. So this new kind of institution, it had to develop in its students a facility and a comfort with connection. I mean both the act of human connection, but also the technology that supports it. And to do that, the institution also had to embody this openness and this engagement where your first instinct is to see our common humanity and to seek to understand each other, not to convert. And where you disagree, how do you do that constructively and not destructively? And that ethos had to flow through everything, from the curriculum to the student body to the research agenda. That represented the future-facing model of higher education. So I'm unendingly grateful, and thank goodness we all came together and made it our mission to bring NYUAD to life. Thank you, Rima. John, I have a similar question for you. You've had this idea uh, well before the 10 years that the university has been operational. How did you and NYU decide on coming to Abu Dhabi or what made Abu Dhabi attractive for you? It's very interesting to reflect on this, especially in the company of the three of you, because uh, each of the three of you have been key components to this really from the very, very beginning, or at least very close to the very, very beginning of this. You and I, for example, met at the very beginning, Yusuf, uh, and Marriott and Rima were very quickly involved in the dream. Uh, but uh, roll back the clock from, from, from that first meeting that I had with uh, one of the great people I've ever met, uh, Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, uh, a real incarnation of, in my view, Plato's philosopher king. Uh, roll back from that 2006 meeting uh, to, to uh, 
May 2001, when I, as dean of the law school, was asked to move over to be president of New York University. And actually, I, I, I was reluctant to do it, but, but, but it turned out I brought two assets that were important and connect to this story directly. The first is this accent, which is an unadorned, uncompromising Brooklyn accent. In other words, I knew the streets of New York City. I knew New York City and loved New York City uh, in, in its essence, the kind of place that Rima has just described. And the, the second was I, I, I had been schooled and trained in my DNA by my parents, uh, by the Jesuits who educated me, uh, that if you were blessed as the four of us had been blessed uh, with, with something we didn't earn, and that is just being born smart and being smart born smart in a context where being smart made a difference, where, where, where you could develop that. You know? And, and you know, I'd been given that and I was taught by my parents and, 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 and by the Jesuits that if you do that, you have to live a useful life. You have to use that gift well. As I moved over to be president of NYU with this deep connection to New York City, I was searching for a way in which NYU could be different in the world. And I noticed something about New York City. Uh, New York City was the first city in the world to have a neighborhood for every country in the world, populated by people who were born in that country. And, and, and those uh, neighborhoods, the 200 or so neighborhoods, uh, came together. But if you went into those neighborhoods, even though you would hear the prayers or the music or the language or taste the food of the country, if you ask the people how they identified, they would say, I'm a New Yorker. So there was this, this kind of connectivity that Rima has spoken about, you know, in a whole that was greater than some of the parts. It was the world's first, what I called at the time, global, global and local simultaneous city. And that extrapolated a vision for NYU, which is unique in that it has no campus. You know, you walk out of NYU buildings, you step on sidewalk, and they're not next to each other, and there's no quadrangle, and uh, at least not one we own in Washington Square Park. Some people would say it's a quadrangle for us, but it's not. Uh, and and so, so this interconnectivity, uh, I called it because of my background in the history of religion, this ecumenism, but not a theological ecumenism, a secular ecumenism, became a, 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 an aspiration for NYU. And that led us to extrapolate out this notion of a global network university that would be, be, be a connecting with the world from those neighborhoods. And, and we began to create study away sites. And, and as we did it, we very quickly knew not to be Eurocentric. So we had Accra, we, we, we we had Shanghai and we had Buenos Aires. But what was obviously missing was the presence of the great culture of the Arab and Muslim world. And then the question became, was it possible to be in that world? And, and, and um, could we do it? Could, could, could we mobilize our community to do it? And we began to investigate possibilities. And at this point, I asked Marriott to be my, my uh, Beatrice in this. Uh, and uh, she, uh, we began to investigate. We looked at six places. 
But every single person I talked to from all different kinds of vantage points, from, from high finance to government to religion, citizens of the world, men, women, uh, said to me again and again, there is this unique place with unique leadership that although it's tiny geographically, uh, has a vision for the world of a united world. And, and it was at that point that a person that knew both of us said, said you must meet Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed. And, and that fateful first meeting in the Majlis uh, occurred. It was supposed to be 15 minutes. Uh, I got a call uh, in the shower because in the Emirates Palace, they have phones in the shower. A kid from Brooklyn never even thought that was possible. Uh, but I answered the phone and they said the meeting had been moved up. I had to be in the car in 15 minutes. I dashed out for this 15-minute meeting. I was warned as I went into the meeting, do not even shake His Highness's hand unless he offers it to you. And certainly do not hug him. Do not <laughs> hug him. And uh, there, there, there I was walking into this environment where I never dreamt as a child I ever could be. And I met this man and a 15-minute meeting became an hour and 15 minutes. And in that meeting, he said to me, would it be possible to create here a university that would make Abu Dhabi one of the great idea capitals of the world? And could we do that and have here a full university, a research university? much more than a study away site, which was the kind of thing we have been doing. And could we do that at the highest level? And I said, well, no one's ever tried to do it, especially in a short time. But uh, you're talking about my dream. Are you kidding? Are you talking about my dream? So he said, well, what are you most worried about? I'm worried that either I or you would compromise the excellence agenda. If we're going to do this, we really should do it at the highest level of academic quality and excellence and open it to, to the talented of the world, faculty, students, and others. So I'm afraid that I'd send over an A-minus faculty member instead of A-plus, or we, we, we'd admit an A-minus student instead of an A-plus. And you might say to me, cut a corner here, cut a corner there, and nobody will notice. People will notice. People will notice. We're trying to do this. We have to overshoot it first and then calibrate back to, 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 we're doing something that's going to be uh, sui generis. It's going to be one off. And he said, well, I'd like to make Abu Dhabi the center, not only for elevating the education of my people, but educating the leaders of the world. And I said, well, if, if you'll try, I'll try. And he said, we won't let each other down. As we walked out to the car, uh, just before I got in the car, I said, sir, this is a dream come true. We'll make it happen. And he looked at me. I remember, I think you were there, Yusuf. And, and, and he said, uh, where's my hug? <laughs> and we gave each other a hug. We've hugged every time. Each time we've met, each time we've met since. And I, I'll say publicly, I say to him, I love you. Uh, he says the same to me. And we each say to each other, each time we meet, we've each exceeded. Uh, the other's expectation. So it was a kernel of an idea that he took and amplified and, and nurtured through thick and thin, through surprises about how much it took. Uh, never 
never did compromise. And the key, I say again and again to people around the world, publicly, privately, the key was we were fortunate enough to have the right partners and the, 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 the place that you represent and Rima incarnates and Marion and I have come to love uh, was, was a key to this because of its unique commitment to the values that Rima expressed. It's really an amazing story. Um, Rima, I'm going to go back to you. So we've heard from both John and from you about the vision. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the journey. How did it go from this vision that you and John mentioned into the functioning reality of what it is today? Having a shared vision, of course, is an important foundation, but it's not enough. Imagining, then building a new university from the ground up, that's an incredibly complex and challenging task. And the mandate was deceptively simple for our part. It was get it done. But the second part of our mandate was not so simple, which is get it done in our lifetime, not in 200 years. So of the thousands of moving parts that had to come together to do that, I'm going to try to distill it down to five, let's call it critical ingredients as to how that happens. And the first, you know, is what John said, and I can't stress it enough, is that nothing works without a deep and real partnership built on a shared mission and on commitment. It just cannot work if somebody blinks. The second ingredient is that, what if no one came? We needed to find these pioneering, creative students and faculty and staff who believed in the value of what we were doing, who were ready to build it with us, and who would jump with us, who would take a leap of faith. And I might add, betting their educational and professional future <laughs> that this could happen. So that's no small thing. Um, the third core ingredient, I'd say, is that NYUAD has in its center three founding identities, an Emirati one, an American one, and a global one. And we wanted and actually had to build a partnership that showed that those three things could live together harmoniously and enrich each other and not conflict and together do good for the world. And so giving authentic life to those three identities, I'd say helped shape decision-making across all areas of the institution, from the curriculum to the campus design. And it's so clear in this very unique and textured culture that you can experience when you're on campus. And it's really very special and so authentic to our partnership and something I'm incredibly proud of. Uh, for the institution. Uh, the next ingredient I'd say sort of follows from the last one, and that's that NYUAD had to be in and of Abu Dhabi, not a copy-paste of New York, not a foreign import, and certainly not somehow set apart or removed. It actually had to be part of the fabric of the city, or it wouldn't work and it wouldn't be real. And That sort of brings me to the final, the fifth critical element. And that was we had to find a way to provide for the movement of people and ideas. 
you can't really prepare students for a more connected, more complex and challenging world in theory. That learning has to be lived in its own context all over the world, not just in one place, not just in a classroom, and it's going to look and feel different in each environment. And that's why we shifted the traditional model of higher education, which is that study abroad was rare and it's available just to a minority of students, and pioneered the NYUAD model, which requires universal study abroad, usually in more than one country, and it's part of this hyper-globalized curriculum supported by a tech platform. And that was the, the new, unique sort of experiment. And so a shared vision without all of those core ingredients doesn't get you very far. Marriott, uh, sorry to keep you waiting. I'm going to come to you now. And you are the one running this amazing institution. You Tell us a little bit about the highlights, the opportunities, the challenges. What, what is running what is essentially an experiment that has never been done before really like? Thank you so much, Yusuf. And really, I want to say how moving and wonderful it is to be with you and with Rima and with John. And to realize that on our 10th anniversary, among the four of us, uh, we have some 45 years or more, actually, of thinking, working, visioning, and creating NYU Abu Dhabi. And indeed, to what um, John and Rima both have said, there has been no blinking in the partnership, no blinking on the quality. And that's really what makes uh, being now in this incredible position to be able to lead this institution with this whole community behind it and around it so wonderful. So I could... Uh, talk about many highlights, but let me give you just a few of, few thoughts here. As you've heard already, MWABRABI's vision, you can condense it by saying, I think, that it is to be an engine for learning beyond borders towards a better world. The world has borders. We can't get around them, but we can go beyond them and stretch in our learning, our inquiry, our teaching. And our strength is also uh, that we are indeed both local and global. We are very much a grounded anchor institution of Abu Dhabi in a modern Arab country, the UAE. And along with that, we're a really strong university on the world stage that is fueled by the capacities of this major global research university that NYU has become over the last 30 years, you could say. And I think that really, that special condition and that vision really is what drive um, really the fact that this is the opportunity of a lifetime leading such a transformative institution. And I also want to say it's just a daily source of joy, uh, particularly to do it in Abu Dhabi City, which is a city I was very delighted to return to two years ago. And that is just very meaningful to my family and to me. But let me say a little bit more about what MW Abu Dhabi is today, because that's really what I've come back after all this time now to run. And I think the thing to say is that um, the first vice chancellor, Al Bloom, the first provost, Fabio Piano, who worked with, with NYU, with everyone in Abu Dhabi in the partnership, really have delivered on that vision, which makes it that much easier to run today. Because what we found in the past 13 years, really, is that our vision is indeed exceedingly appealing for accomplished and ambitious faculty and students who could be at any of the world's greatest universities. 
That's what not blinking means. But it's not easy really to attract such talent. Why do they come here? I think they come here for that vision and because we make it possible. And they come here from the UAE. Uh, almost 20% for students is from the UAE. And the rest come from around the world. Uh, you've already heard it, about 120 countries. Uh, our faculty come from about 45. And they come here, I would say, because they don't only want to do well, they want to do good. It's fine to want to do well for yourself, your family, your city, and so forth. But our faculty and students also really want to put something new in the world that helps make it a better place in various dimensions. Um, faculty, of course, you might say is harder because uh, they're more specialized. Uh, there's enormous competition for talent. Uh, it, it, it is harder, but it's incredible to see how we really have been able to attract faculty who are attracted precisely because, as John has said, they not only want to do great research and we make that possible for them because uh, our partnership and, the, uh, and Abu Dhabi, our Abu Dhabi government partner is deeply interested in creating stronger research culture in the UAE. So we can help them bring their best research, but we also select our faculty for wanting to teach and wanting to be with these incredibly ambitious, interesting, diverse, and motivated students. And we really have managed to do that. So leading such an institution, when you are, as I am myself, both a researcher and a teacher, is really a daily joy. Thank you, Marriott. Uh, Rima, our last question goes to you. I'll try to make it an easy one. We've heard all these amazing stories of these amazing students and what they've done <laughs> with their lives and how they've contributed to societies beyond NYU. But I wanna take the question in the other direction. Tell me a little bit about how NYU has enriched Abu Dhabi. What are the contributions that NYU Abu Dhabi has provided and made Abu Dhabi a richer, uh, more cosmopolitan society just by the virtue of, of the program and the students? So let me try to distill it to a few areas. I'll start with research. Um, here in Abu Dhabi, faculty have pioneered cutting edge research. They're studying the causes of heart disease and diabetes in UAE. They're using the Arabian Gulf as a natural lab to study coral reef conservation. They're developing new techniques to process clean drinking water and preserving UAE's mangroves. They're also analyzing data from UAE's HOPE mission to Mars to better understand Mars's weather and then share that with the rest of the world. And that's just academia, if we then shift from research to NYUAD's impact on the community and the cultural landscape, you have the Performing Arts Center and the Art Gallery, which are now local hubs for the arts. They've attracted more than 90,000 attendees to their performances and to their exhibitions, which are just wonderful. And the Institute has presented something like 700 public lectures by local and global thought leaders in every field over the years. And if we shift sort of from community to the entrepreneurial side that Mariette mentioned and described so beautifully, that our incubator, Start AD, has raised something like $70 million in investment and created over 300 jobs. And I have to add, 
NYUAD played a critical role in our response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And just to name a few of their contributions, they developed innovative testing methods. They created 3D printed masks for our frontline workers in healthcare. And a number of the biology students were emergency volunteers in our PCR testing labs during the most challenging period of the crisis. And that's just the Abu Dhabi impact and just a small portion of it. But I'd like to add and you know, even add to your question, if you shift back to New York, NYUAD has had an enormous impact back there as well. You know, it should be seen as one of the critical engines of NYU's ever-growing success as a global university. It was the first portal campus that brought you fully into the NYU system from outside of New York. It was that proof of concept, you know, the first mover in the global network university. And NYUAD has allowed New York and students and faculty to engage deeply in the Middle East in a way that was not previously possible. So I'm enormously proud of this community, which is growing each year. And as hundreds of graduates enter the workforce around the world, they're catalyzing immediate and positive change. Their contributions, and I'm not exaggerating, will be transformative wherever they go. And this is just the start. I think it's fair to say that the best is yet to come. Now let's hear some additional perspectives on this project from notable voices who have participated in it. Bill Bragan has been a faculty member who has helped make NYU Abu Dhabi a cultural center for everything from hip-hop to poetry slams, from classical concerts to groundbreaking theater. I'm Bill Bragan. I'm the Executive Artistic Director of the Arts Center at NYU Abu Dhabi. I will be here seven years in December. The Arts Center at NYU Abu Dhabi is a multidisciplinary presenter and commissioner of work, music, dance, theater, films, spoken word, a lot of interdisciplinary and hybrid work. Uh, And I've really carved out a space that we're primarily focusing on contemporary work. NYU Abu Dhabi as a whole has students from 115 different countries, no dominant majority. People are coming with really different histories. And the city as a whole is even even more diverse. But I think one of the things that's really fascinating about working in the UAE, living in the UAE, is that it is a place of constant flux and it changes and it changes really quickly and it changes in front of your eyes uh, and you see the impact. Uh, In many cases for us, we're presenting a lot of art forms that even in New York where I'm from, the programming would not necessarily be thought of as mainstream programming. It's idiosyncratic by design. uh, We have settled on our sort of slogan is come curious, leave inspired. We want the art center to be a place of discovery and a place of opening new conversations and so we're presenting a lot of artists who are some of the greatest artists in the world people like uh Anjali kinjo who just performed at the at the opening of dubai expo are you someone who has been part of this program send your reflections and comments to info at podbridge.com thank you for joining us for this special edition of podbridge in the weeks ahead we'll deal with some of the biggest and most challenging issues facing our audiences in the Middle East and the United States. From the climate crisis to helping the women of Afghanistan. From new initiatives in diplomacy to the future agenda of the United Nations. 
Join us. This has been Podbridge, produced with the support of the Embassy of the United Arab Emirates in the U.S. For more information about the Podbridge Project, follow us on Twitter at UAE USA United or visit our website at podbridge.com.